Hey, everyone. I hope you are all well. I'm keeping it light today. Well, as light as it gets on here, really. I'm just not in the mood for the inevitable existential crisis that occurs after researching, explaining, and editing some really heavy information, you know? So today we're not talking about being guinea pigs for medical tyranny or Bill Gates's titty milk company or shootings or how they're poisoning the food supply or world war or genocide. So I consider this light. I need something that I would listen to while I'm cleaning or I'd listen to beside the pool. I, I need this for me. I know you understand. We're talking culture creation today. We're talking entertainment programming. We're talking CIA celebrities and the nature of our reality. Because I just learned this one tidbit about this one Food Network star, and I can't wait to share it with you. As well as the implications of this information, because how many people did we grow up watching on TV? Like, how many of these people actually worked for the government? I grew up watching Food Network. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. It was just something we could watch in the family room that wasn't vulgar or cartoons, so we all agreed on it, you know? Obnoxious Rachel Ray and her EVOO. Yes, I understand the acronym, but I think it's easier just to say extra virgin olive oil. Giada De Laurentiis and her husband, who was always videoed vroom vrooming everywhere around, like, on a skateboard. Somehow I know the drama. I know they were divorced. Some aspect of my brain is still invested in this drama, even passively, because I think she and Bobby Flay had a thing, and Bobby Flay really seems like a jerk. But my favorite Food Network host was always snooty coastal grandma Ina Garden, because she looked like my grandma, just doing her Food Network program, Barefoot Contessa, and hosting dinner parties with all the gays in town, cooking a chicken for Jeffrey whenever he returned home from business, highlighting their Jewish traditions. Well, earlier today, I learned something about Ina that I, it, it just, it gave me pause. It gave me pause. So Ina Garden worked in the White House, and no, not as a chef. Let me explain. We got to go back a ways. So Ina grew up in Connecticut, but she met her husband, Jeffrey, when she was 15. And then they got married and relocated to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, because Jeffrey was in the military during the Vietnam War. Ina got her pilot certificate during this time, as you do as a young woman just bored while your husband's off fighting in a war. Which, if we lived in simpler times, I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. But since we don't, all I can think of is Ghislaine Maxwell flying around Epstein's helicopter like an international super spy and Spectre like in James Bond. But anyway, remind me to tell you my theory about how the majority of YouTube international food vloggers are CIA agents or arms dealers or both. So back to Ina's husband, Jeffrey. He has all the accolades. He's got a degree from Dartmouth. He's got a PhD from Johns Hopkins School of International Studies. And during Vietnam, he was lieutenant in the 82nd Airborne Division and advisor to the Royal Thai Army. And after all that, he worked under the Nixon, Ford, and Carter administrations on their economic and foreign policies. So when he and Ina relocated to Washington, D.C., she just decided to take a job at the White House, too, while Jeffrey was working over in the State Department. What were her qualifications, you ask? Like, who actually knows at this point? She didn't even complete her degree from Syracuse. But she entered as a government aide, which was like a low-level thing, and then she somehow managed to climb the ladder to a position in the Office of Management and Budget. 
where she was eventually given the position of budget analyst and she wrote the nuclear energy budget for Presidents Ford and Carter. Um, excuse me, what? What was she doing all this time to prepare herself for writing the nuclear energy budget for these presidents? Such a mystery, right? Well, she left her government job in 1978, and then she went on to open up a store where she sold expensive Cobb salads. You know, a natural progression from writing nuclear energy budgets for multiple presidential administrations. Apparently, Jeffrey wasn't feeling the White House either because he too left to pursue Wall Street, becoming a managing director of the Lehman Brothers and the Blackstone Group, tapping into international markets and international banking. He even went on to become the dean of the Yale School of Management. And something has me wondering if he did the Little Bush, John Kerry, Dick Cheney ritual with all the, sc the skulls and the bones. 322, am I right? This was early 2000s when, when Ina had signed a contract with the Food Network. And fun fact, Ina went on to host the 16th annual Hudson Picnic Benefit for Planned Parenthood. My, oh my. And now as I'm reading, it's saying that she and her husband both contributed to the presidential campaign funds of, wait for it, George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, John Kerry, and Barack Obama. So that Bonesman joke I, I just made, although it was unplanned, it might have actually not been a joke. Like, hello, mom, please come pick me up. I'm scared. The potato salad lady from the TV is actually a Fed and her husband is disrupting economies abroad while he's away on business. And their guest speaker at the Planned Parenthood picnic is a Marina Abramovic and they're having pasta with the walnut sauce. It's just like it's not even a funny joke anymore. I don't know why I'm still going. I feel like this is the whole plot of Julia Child's life. Wasn't Julia Child, who had the famous French cookbook and TV show, didn't she work for the government too? Except she had actually graduated from college, and then she went on to join the OSS, which was the early version of the CIA. This was back in the early 1940s, like right at the beginning of the Second World War, where she started out as a typist for the OSS, and then she received a higher position as a researcher for the head of the OSS. Because she was educated, she had the experience, she had top security clearance, and she even worked on shark repellent, if memory serves. I only watched Eat, Pray, Love once, but I, I think I'm doing pretty good. Actually, that's not it. That wasn't it. The movie was called, like, Julia. Um, the plot was the blogger who spent a year trying all of Julia's recipes, but whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Julia Childs was basically part of the OSS during the Second World War in, every, in, in a very involved capacity. And that's when she met her husband, Paul, who was also in the OSS, but th then they moved to Paris after he began working for the State Department. And that's when she got all involved with the French cuisine. She had her cookbook, of course, but then she had her television program later, which was popular with the housewives because their plight was usually ignored by television. I don't know. Maybe if you do hard time for Uncle Sam, you get a complimentary TV show. Maybe that's what it is. And as I'm saying this, like, don't you see lots of parallels between her and Ina? Give me, give me a second. I have to look something up. I think I may be onto something here. Both she and Ina never had any children, but both were very active in Planned Parenthood, it seems. Ina over there with the, the Planned Parenthood picnics and Julia over here with this quote, which begins with, 
In the 1980s, Julia Child led fundraising cooking lessons and authored a nationwide pledge letter that read, Few politicians will take the risk of publicly supporting either contraception or abortion. And who is for abortion anyway? We are concerned with freedom of choice. End quote. I mean, it's not like I think Food Network is heavy programming. I don't watch it anymore, but it wasn't back in the early 2000s. It was just mainly teaching people how to cook, which is obviously a useful enough skill. I remember it being very heavy on the LGBs. But beyond that, I mean, it's entertainment, you know? The thing that you do after your stressful job where you're being taxed to hell and back. You sit in your chair in front of the TV after work and you become placated by the programming on the screen so you'll never rise up against your oppressive government. That's what it was designed for, among other things. Maybe Food Network agents make sense? Who knows anymore? I've unraveled a few Hollywood agents on my channel, and I could really understand their purpose, and it wasn't shocking to me at all. Industry plants, influencers, born in the industry, deep government connections, like that whole Matt Damon, Ben Affleck thing, they've always been CIA. But they were introduced to us as middle, working class, good old boys who wrote this really cool script for Goodwill Hunting, where the main character is being recruited by the NSA. And it won an Academy Award in the president in real life, not in the film. Bill Clinton was so excited to watch it that he invited both Affleck and Damon to Camp David to watch it. And there's that really famous picture of them all cozy on the couch watching the film a film distributed by none other than Harvey Weinstein's Miramax Films. Who, by the way, this gets swept under the rug and it blows my mind that people didn't pay more attention to this when it happened. But the Obama daughter, I don't remember which one, like I don't, I don't remember which one, but one of the daughters interned for Harvey Weinstein right before his ship sunk. Anyway, back to Affleck and Damon. Finding Your Roots, a program that aired on PBS, I'm plagiarizing my own video when I read this. I'm just reading this from my video. Uh, This Finding Your Roots show looked into Ben Affleck's roots and revealed that his whole story of being a middle-class guy from Boston, raised by a single mother, it was, you know, at best, misleading at worst, an outright lie. Affleck's grandmother got a mention on the show. Her name was Elizabeth Robert Shaw. Affleck's grandmother, Elizabeth, married a guy named O'Brien Bolt, whose best man at their wedding was Tom Braden, a man who worked for the OSS, which was like the early version of the CIA. Braden held a prominent role in the CIA by specializing in using art and film as a means to spread propaganda. For the Gen Z out there, this is very much giving Edward Bernays. Brayden is very much giving Edward Bernays. Brayden even got Affleck's grandma a job at the Museum of Modern Art, a well-known CIA front where he was her co-worker. And Affleck's mom wasn't just any single mother. She was a Harvard graduate who grew up alongside the offspring of other CIA spook families. Never underestimate spook suburbia. So that brings us to Ben Affleck, who was a nobody at the time when he watched the premiere for his first film, Goodwill Hunting at Camp David, sitting right beside the then-president Bill Clinton. And Affleck went on to play as CIA analyst in the film The Sum of All Fears. News outlets actually reported that a real CIA agent was on the set of The Sum of All Fears, advising the actors as they shot the movie. What a coincidence, the same CIA liaison from the set went on to advise Ben Affleck's ex-wife, Jennifer Garner, on the set of Alias. 
So basically, the maternal line in Affleck's family is CIA through and through. Deep connections there, leading straight to Hollywood, where no film hits the screen without intent and purpose. Conditioning the populace being programmed, creating culture, and rewriting history. But we can't forget Matt Damon, who has played almost exclusively CIA or NSA-related roles in films like Good Will Hunting, the Jason Bourne films, The Good Shepherd, Syriana. He originally presented himself much like Ben Affleck, a middle-class guy turned actor, a guy from Cambridge, who happened to attend Harvard, as we all do, you know. I don't know about me and you, us middle-class normal folk, totally... Totally Harvard, Yale, Johns Hopkins, Stanford, through and through, Vanderbilt, yes, definitely, totally. That's totally normal for us middle-class folk. While he was at Harvard, he became a member of the elite Delphic Club. But he had a lot going on at Harvard. He was a theater kid who missed a bunch of class time due to pursuing film roles, even going on record saying that he was, quote, yanked out to pursue these roles, like he was being forced against his will. It should also be said that, you know, films like Born Supremacy are straight-up military propaganda. Military, CIA, alphabet agency propaganda. The Good Shepherd has a scene in it where the CIA are doing some freaky-deaky ritual on the Mason check floor, and everyone is just watching, like, people are watching this like, okay, that's normal. It's not normal. Normal people don't do that. By the way, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were very quiet after Rose McGowan accused them alongside Harvey Weinstein during this whole hashtag me too psyop. It's like that whole Shakespeare quote, all the world's a stage and all the men and women are merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. And one man in his time plays many parts. And if we were to apply that here, we get some mileage out of this quote. Because it's my belief that these actors and singers and musicians, very few of them are propped up organically, like from having actual talent. Not to say they don't have talent, but the connections are a key part, as is the willingness to use their influence outside of the screen to continue to influence civilians. For example, we'll just use Matt Damon. Matt Damon has used his popularity heavily throughout COVID, appearing many times on TV and publications to say that he, quote, falls heavily on the side of trusting science, end quote. Repeatedly encouraging his fans to get vaccinated, sharing stories of how scary it was for his daughters to get COVID and how he himself had the Delta variant. I don't know, man. It sounds like Pfizer got their checkbook out. Obviously, we have the whole CIA Project Mockingbird element at play here. In the early 1950s, the Central Intelligence Agency used major media companies for propaganda purposes in order to sway public opinion during the Cold War. Again, a move right out of Bernie's playbook. This program was known as Operation Mockingbird, and in addition to controlling executives reporters, and other staff within major media companies. The CIA also put forth their own agents as journalists of the so-called free press, journalists who worked around the clock, especially after the assassination of JFK, doing their patriotic duty, of course, to suppress truth from the American people, forcing witnesses to change their story and silencing those who question the official narrative. Does that sound familiar? Like, we all know CNN's Anderson Cooper is CIA. It's a meme at this point. He's from the extremely wealthy Vanderbilt family. He graduated from Yale. (laughs) 
there's that whole bones joke again, 322. And to be fair, these places like Yale, Harvard, Stanford are just government agency recruitment centers at this point. But Anderson Cooper has blogged and bragged about his whole internship with the CIA, and he works for the news agency who programs the populace, CNN. They all do, all news agencies regardless of partisan leaning, but you get my point. This fella should be sipping martinis by the pool, living his best rich person life, but somehow he's slumming it at CNN and having to show up for work every day. It seems very odd. Like how George Soros continues to fund these groups that dismantle and subvert societies and governments, but if you were a rich old person, wouldn't you be like retired in Florida playing bridge and bingo on Wednesday nights? And on Fridays, you go to the lunch buffet at the Marriott or something because they have the best salad bar and not funding and organizing the demise of civilization. But okay, we got off on a tangent there. Ina Garden working at the White House and her husband Jeffrey away on business to do international banking for foreign economies is just, it really did something to me. I can't really explain why. It's just like I amble around day to day knowing that some are most news anchors, Hollywood actors, musicians, major internet influencers have been, can be, or are connected to the government in some sort of way. They all play their role through every psyop and people don't realize they're being programmed, but the whole potato salad lady, the cob salad lady, really, did she have to be in on it too? I guess since I know this information and find it to be a burden, you must now know it too. That's all. If you like this podcast, found it interesting, be sure to subscribe. If you want to support my channel, think about donating on Patreon. And thank you all so much for listening. Bye. The game is a fuck.